Sin acknowledges and pays respect to the owners of the land of the House of Sin and where the studios stand, the Wurundjeri people of the Kulin Nations. Sin also acknowledges and pays respect to the elders and traditional owners of the lands our content reaches, as well as the radio stations we broadcast from across the country. Hello and welcome back to Cricket by Dummies, the only show on radio that even during the ashes is willing to waste time talking about players getting mauled by lions. I don't even know how to respond to that. That is one of the more unusual ones. It is also true though. Uh, we did spend a little bit last week talking about lions. We spent 20 minutes just playing our two truths one lie game that was two great lies, fun. One truth. Shh. It was great fun, but it was also very off topic. And you know, We've missed a bit now. It's been a week and a half since we've been on, and there's been an entire Ashes test. Uh, Sean Marsh is in the talking points. Steve Smith's in the talking points. There's a lot to cover in tonight's show. Um, we're also going to look at the BBL, which started last night, game one. So we'll talk a little bit about that, about that later on. But first, what is the show? Why don't you explain it to people? So for those who haven't listened to us before, as we've moved from Monday till this to this time slot now, we're essentially a cricket show, in case you hadn't figured out by the Cricket by Dummies title, but then we have like a lighter look at cricket as well. So for those of you who are looking for like hardcore cricket knowledge or facts, um, content is probably the best way of putting it. We can give you that. But then also if you're looking for a bit of a laugh, we should be able to deliver some sort of laughs with some substandard jokes. We'll try at least. <laughs> yeah, we'll give it our absolute best effort. Whether it actually works is another thing altogether. But no, that's the show. Um, we've been going for a few weeks now. It's been good fun. Um, and we've got a few more interesting weeks to go. The Big Bash started yesterday, as you said. Um, but Mitch... Uh, sorry, not Mitch Marsh. Sean Marsh is in the news, isn't he? Sean Marsh is in the news. Uh, there was a report during the week that came out that said that... Uh, Prior to the second test in Adelaide, the Australian cricket team uh, had been offered a whole bunch of free eye tests because they're, one of their new partners is Specsavers. And, you know, so you can make all the jokes about the, you know, the footy umpires and being sponsored by OPSM. But the cricket players are actually sponsored by Specsavers and as a result of which, they all got free eye tests. And, you know, Sean Marsh is thinking, oh, yeah, look, may as well have my free eye test. Goes in, turns out he needs glasses. <laughs> <laughs> finds out at age 34. 34. Yeah. That are, oh, you're probably better off with glasses. <laughs> Did you just not check up until then? I mean, I've never had an eye check. I You've never think. had an eye test? Or, I can't remember having one. Maybe I have. I don't know. I've never felt the need for glasses. Maybe I need contact lenses. Yeah. Maybe that's why my average is eight. <laughs> I don't think that's the reason. <laughs> <laughs> Nothing to do with a lack of technique whatsoever. Or talent. Thanks. <laughs> that's that sums up our show pretty well, isn't it? Just like little digs at each other here and there. But no, he ended up making a man of the match century in the Adelaide Test as a re- potentially as a result of um, the uh, contact lenses he was wearing. Not because he's actually talented. No, or no, he no. Has good technique. But it's extraordinary to think that this guy made so many runs at Sheffield Shield level and has played made played and made runs for Australia in the past and he's doing that with vision worse than everyone else's. So now I'm starting to look at this and going, all of those times that they criticised him, is he a jet now? Like, is he just going to turn out to be one of the best players going around? <laughs> he's the new Don Bradman. He's going <laughs> to Turns end out his now career. he averages like 100? Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, well, he only made 28 in Perth. We'll, uh, we won't jump the gun too much. In his three knocks at international level since... Uh, wearing actual glasses or the contact lenses he's made 140 not against in the first innings in Adelaide he made 20 in the second innings in Adelaide and 28 in the first innings in Perth so I mean it's not that bad yeah he's averaging 90 do you almost like split the two now (laughs) yeah I think it's going to be interesting I I think I was we were in favor of Sean Marsh before we found out this information a few weeks back. I'm very much in favor of him now. This guy's got a whole new level to go to. I, I can't tell if you've been serious. <laughs> I'm or not. no, I'm genuinely serious. I'm excited for his potential. I, I genuinely think this changes things. We have a new outlook on Sean Marsh's career now. Okay. It's big I, news. It, it really hasn't changed my view on him, just that, I don't know, he hasn't gotten... Specsavers should sponsor every sports team, or everything else. Do you know there. what they should? They should sponsor this show so you can go get your eyes checked. <laughs> That's probably not a bad idea, is it? <laughs> nah. Um, we're going to talk about some of the other international games that are going on uh, right now and over the last few days. 
India, Sri Lanka has been a ongoing series we've talked about over the last month or so. Uh, ODIs number two and three have come and gone, and whoa, this was just one-sided. Yeah, well, it was exactly what we thought it'd be at the start of the series, um, yeah. which it wasn't, though. But up until now, where India's like, okay, we're not losing to Sri Lanka. That would just look really bad, and they've absolutely demolished them. I can actually now use an excuse if I don't can't read off the doc properly. I'll just be like, I haven't had my eyes tested. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways, um, back to the point. No, India made 392 the other day. Just a meagre total. Yeah, just a very average 392. And then I'm sure uh, that's about par. It's just about par. <laughs> yeah. Well, from what I'm reading, sometimes it could have said 290 for all I know. Yeah. Um, no, Sri Lanka got 251. Like, I can go through the scores, but I don't think it's highly relevant, apart from Rohit Sharma getting a double century. That's his third double century. Ouch. So there's been seven international double centuries in, in ODIs, ODIs, and he has three of them. That's crazy stuff. Um, the other entertaining thing for me was that uh, Fernando, one of the Sri Lankan quicks, bowled 10 overs, none for 106. <laughs> <laughs> That's a good day at work. <laughs> That's a century he didn't want to get. <laughs> yeah, I know. There are a lot of jokes about about the English lineup. Um, clocking up all their centuries on the day where Steve Smith made his double. I was thinking, poor Fernando, he only bowled 10 overs. No, lucky. <laughs> At least, like, Mo and Ali and stuff bowled, like, 25. <laughs> no, lucky Fernando. If if the, if the Steve Smith hadn't done it on the day yeah. that he'd been doing it, he would have been all over the news, whereas he kind of hid behind the English bowlers inadequacy. Inadequacy? Yeah, that was a lovely choice of word. Uh, game two saw another comfortable win for India. Sri Lanka made 2.15 in the first innings. India chased it down, two wickets down. Uh, the star for them over this last few games has actually been one of their young leg spinners by the name of Chahal. Uh, he's a really good young player. Um, for anyone wanting to go look at your closest, you're going to get some modern day Shane Warne. This guy's it. Uh, he's a really talented young leg spinner. He got the beautiful wicket of can't remember who it was in this second game. Um, and he's really promising. Uh, it looks really decent. I, I'm keen to see more of him in the future. Has Shane Warne um, gone with them in the nets before? Cause I know, I'm not sure. Because I know it's Shane Warne goes in the nets with a lot of young yeah. spinners all around the world and He's helps them out. Imran Tahir and Yatsir Shah and a whole bunch of others. Um, the New Zealand West Indies series, the test, just quickly, the test finished um, a few days ago. We talked about it last time, but we didn't get a chance to finish it. Uh, the New Zealand rolled West Indies for 200 in the, in the second innings to end up winning that one comfortably. And the first ODI is going on right now. Like, it's actually underway. Uh, West Indies made 248 and nine down in their innings. And in response, New Zealand are... 197 for three. So they're, three. they're cruising. They are going to chase it down with plenty of overs to go, as expected. Um, Kane Williamson did just go out, but no, the New looks like New Zealand will go up in that ODI series. Yeah, just strolling through. And I think at home to West Indies, everyone would have been pretty disappointed if they'd lost any of those games. Uh, the WBBL is something that's ongoing. We're going we're gonna to quickly talk about this. It's been pretty entertaining stuff. We talked about how much we enjoyed it last week. Um, the scores haven't been quite as big over the last week. Um, a few... What, they're not scoring 240 <laughs> on a daily basis? <laughs> yeah, I think that was a little more of a one-off than we thought. Um, but there have been some decent totals. Um, Elise Alani hit... 74 not out uh, for the Scorchers as they chased down the Sixers game just over a week ago. Uh, India legend Harman Preet Kaur, who was the one, I don't know if you remember her, she made 171 not out against Australia in the World Cup. I watched that, that crazy, game. crazy, crazy knock. She was so good. Uh, she decided that she's going to bowl now. <laughs> she, she wasn't good enough already. <laughs> no, no, no. 171. <laughs> I can do better. <laughs> she took three for 18 or four overs and they kept the stars to 114. Um for anyone that follows the the WBBL, stars aren't very good. They're no. uh, the bottom of the table. <laughs> Pretty unconvincing side. I, I'm totally not a stars fan. No, totally definitely. Not. <laughs> well, I think you'll have more luck in the men's comp. Um, this has been my highlight over the last week, though. I don't know if you saw this. Uh, South African young gun, 18-year-old Laura Volhart, I believe her name is, took what I would argue is probably the catch of the summer so far. Um, she's fielding a kind of wide mid-off and... Uh, Batsman smashes one past her and she just dives full stretch, two hands, takes it. And it's an absolute ripper of a catch up there with Lions we saw a few weeks ago. Fantastic stuff. That was part of uh, the Scorchers' win over the Heat. No, sorry, the Heat beat the Scorchers. Yeah. I got that right. Well, <laughs> um, actually, I'll challenge that. I watched a catch the other day. I don't know if you saw it. It was in one of the practice BBL games, like one of yes. the men's ones. And I think it was Seb Gotch yes. had second slip, so there was no first slip. And the keeper just leaves it. He goes straight <laughs> to first slip. Keeper's like, eh, I'm going to leave it. Yeah. And uh, Seb Gotch, full stretch, one hand plucks it. 
Um, I did see that. That was a cracker of a catch. I ha- can't say I've seen this catch, though, so it's probably not up to me to decide. Well, I have seen both, and I'm going to say it's pretty close. They're oh. both very good catches. Um, the Australian captain, Rachel Haynes, has been very dominant in this uh, series, just proving why she's one of the best batsmen going around. She hit 78 not out of 49 balls to guide the Thunder home in their pursuit of the Stars 132. <laughs> Stars lost again. <laughs> and this is actually I'm- one of the weirdest things I found all week, was that... Um, so the Strikers played the Renegades um, twice in two days. So they played once in Adelaide and then went to Melbourne for the second game. Uh, it was crazy stuff. And both of them were actually really close games as well. In game one, Susie Bates took a wicket off the final game for the Strikers to steal a one-run win. So it was like incredible finish. Yep. And then in game two, um, South African... No, who was it? The Renegades won. It was a strong bowling performance all around. Um, yeah, it was the final ball, and they needed one off, and just it was a full toss, and she chipped it straight back at the bowler. Yeah, uh, the batsman, I can't remember who it was, but we'll Tohu from memory will be kicking which is themselves. a great name. <laughs> Uh, yeah, and then in the final game that we've up to so far, the South African gun, Dane Van Nierkirk. I'm just going to... Nierkirk? I have no idea how to say that one. Uh, she took a hat-trick. It was actually a really good hat-trick, all bold as well. Leg um, spinner, isn't she? Yeah, genuine genuine good leg spin bowling. She took four for 20 in the game, and that along with Elise Perry, 65, another one of the players who will be up there for player of the tournament, uh, led the Sixers to a 33-1 run win over the Hurricanes. Well, it... Just back to the two games in two days. That is really weird. I didn't actually pick you up on that, but that is weird. It would be really bad if you didn't have a plan for one of the batsmen going into the first game. Because, <laughs> like, if you're not going to get it in the first game, you're, <laughs> you're not going to get it in the second. It would be really good if, like, both the scores were the exact same for both games. And people that would have been like, really weird. Like, the games are just the exact same. It would have been... Because re- uh, I was actually, like, I went to go back and look at the highlights for the games. And so I was looking at the highlights for... It's th- just it the was same game two. No, it, no, so it was, I was looking at the highlights for game two, whilst I was looking at the scoreboard for game one, and just things weren't adding up. I was like, what am one of the batswomen that had gone on to make 40 in game one got out second ball or something in game two. And I'm like, hang on. That's hang not on. right. Hang on. <laughs> hang on. I've seen two highlights of her hitting boundaries. Pretty sure she didn't. That's not right. Um, and then the big bash started last night. I find a bit of news for the day. Um, Sixers v Thunder. Um, we both watched the game. What do you think? Yeah, it was a really good game. You couldn't have got it any closer, really. It came down to the last ball. 16 off the final over and two... Big unknowns, I'd say, in the batting arena uh, did it. Got Aiden Blizzard and Arjun Nair, got them over the line. Yeah, it was a f- an amazing game. It really was. I, I thought it was going to be pretty one-sided after Shane Watson got off to that good of a start. And it was just Curtis Patterson's slow batting, which uh, was the only reason the Thunder didn't end up smashing them. I thought they were going to stroll home, but he just kept hitting dots and singles. Yeah, I saw a thing where it was like, um, Patterson, oh, I'm really good at blocking. And then Gibson's <laughs> like, hold my beer. Because <laughs> the two of them were just holding it up. So look at the, you've actually looked at the strike rates. Shane Watson hit 77 or 46 balls. That's a strike rate of 170. Ryan Gibson's come in halfway through the innings. They need about eight over to win, and he hits eight off 17 and then gets out. Like, that's so poor. It's no concept of timing. No, but even if he went 17 off 17 and just got a single every ball and fed Shane Watson the strike, that would have been handy. He didn't need to slog it, but he didn't even do that. He's like, nah, I got this. Just let me get my iron first. Yeah, the other contender besides Shane Watson for man of the match was young gun Daniel Sams. First game ever in Big Bash, his Big Bash career, and he took four for 14 or four overs. Not bad. Like, solid not bad out of 10. No, not bad. Uh, (laughs) I think I'd take those figures. Yeah, good on him. Um, It's always good to see young talent playing well in the Big Bash. And isn't that the great thing about it, though? Even cricket... Uh, avid cricket fans such as us, I'd never heard of him before. No, and he I've comes never down heard and of him. Four, 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 and suddenly we're both like, I want him in my fantasy <laughs> team. <laughs> he will be in my fantasy team. Uh, we'll talk a little bit more about fantasy later. We got some good news in regards to that. We've also got the Ashes coming up, but first, a bit of the Killers, their new hit single, This Is the Man. That was The Killers with the Man here on Sin 9.7 FM. You are listening to Cricket by Dummies with Chalk and Alex. And the Ashes happened during the week. Test three and test over. The whole series over. The urn returns. Yeah, it returns to the place it's meant to be, uh, arguably. <laughs> Definitely not biased. <laughs> well, it was actually interesting because I went to Europe in May and my parents met up with um, some of their friends when we went to Lords And... Um, they bought us an urn and told us to take, like, one of those mini um, play urns and told us to take it home, right? 
at, because we weren't going to have an urn in Australia, right, just as yeah. like a keepsake for it. And we said we'd send it back to them via post when we won. <laughs> so we are currently getting ready to send it back via post. Might take a while to get to England, but I'm sure by the time it does, it will be... Well worth a gag, yes. I think. Um, a pretty Another pretty strong performance by the Aussies and another pretty gosh darn average performance from the English. Um Basically the same problems, really. Uh, we talked about them in some of the previous games, but we'll go over the big game. First point, number one for me, is Alistair Cook, Test Match 150, poor form. I had a lot of people going, this will be it. It's the big day. This will be where he turns it around. It arguably just got worse. His series average right now is 14. He's made 83 runs for the series, an average of 14. That's the worst across any batsman in both sides. It's really, really poor, and it's starting to look more and more like this will be his last series in Australia. Yeah, it's not just like poor form as well. It's like he just doesn't look like scoring runs at all. He doesn't look like he knows how to get out of this rut. Um, and just for like a little bit of comparison as such, Mitchell Marsh is averaging 181 this series, <laughs> <laughs> which by my 14 times tables is 13 times as much as Alistair Cook's averaging. Wow. Good for Mitchell Marsh. Um, speaking of people with very high averages, Captain Fantastic struck again for Australia. The man who has now been dubbed the best since Bradman. Um, not sure if I agree with that yet. I think come the end of his career, he will be seen as the best since Bradman. But I think right now he's got a few runs to chase down from Sachin himself. Um, 239 in this match. He's crazy. Steve Smith, he's such a good batsman. His average for the series is now 130-odd or something. It's, it? it's Yeah, because he's made 140 not out, uh, 48 and 239. Yeah, uh, so he's only actually gotten out three times. He's made 420-odd runs. Wow. Yeah. So in comparison, Alistair Cook's made eight runs, gotten out six times at an average of 14. 83. And, yeah. yeah. So he's gotten out six times. Steve Smith's gotten out three times, made 420 runs, an average of 140. That's just real contrasting of form there, isn't it? Well, even Joe Root, he's only made 160-odd runs yep. this tournament. Only averaging 20-something. Yeah, and Steve Smith's out there in less innings, uh, making a lot more runs. Yep. And it was them two who we touted at the start of the season, series would be a very important duel. If Joe Root could match Steve Smith, then good things would come for England. They might be able to hold up, but um, no, they haven't been able to. And their bowlers have been so ineffective as well. That's another big talking point for me. Um, just they can't get Australia out. It's how many times they got us out? Twice? Three tests, they've bowled us all out twice, which is just never going to win you a test match. Yeah. We've only batted five times across the series, and they've bowled us all out twice, which is really poor. They've only actually taken 37 wickets over three tests. So they're only averaging just over 12 wickets a test, which is never going to win you a match. <laughs> Their average that they're going at per wicket is 47 runs. So if for every 10 wickets they're getting, they're going for 470. That means, on average, the Australian innings is 470. Which is going to get you smashed. Yeah, you are never going to win a test match. Yeah, unless uh, you're playing on like an actual road. <laughs> <laughs> I even reckon that would probably fare you better than the English have been doing right now. Um, a lot of problems with quicks. We know that Anderson was probably the pick of the bowlers in the second innings. Um, sorry, in the first innings for England. But really, the big weakness for me is Mo and Ali. Um, he's batting okay, nowhere near his best, but I feel like he's been a bit unlucky at times and gotten out cheaply a few times. Well, he just keeps getting out to Nathan Lyon. That's yes. five times out of six he's gotten out to Lyon. So there's clearly a problem there. He's clearly got a weakness there. But the big problem for me is his bowling. Is All they have right now is players bowling Mets. Is Anderson, Broad, Overton, Wokes all bowl 130 to 135. Just right arm over the wicket, slight variations between all four of them. They're all bowling the same. And then if Mo and Ali's ineffective, you've got four of the same bowler and that's it. And what, they're going to bring Stokes into the lineup who bowls 130 kilometres an hour right arm over the wicket. Is This is why I think Mason Crane's so important to be an injection for Melbourne is because Mo and Ali has taken three wickets at an average of 105 in this series. That is appalling. That is as bad as it gets, really. So if he bowled the entire innings, Australia would make 1,050. Yes. And look, I'm no cricket um, <laughs> whiz, but I'm pretty confident that's going to win you most games. I feel like it would win you most games. You even might win you a game for Victoria by an innings in 656 runs. Yes. Call Reference to last yep. week. Um, yeah, Moe and Ali is not cutting it at the moment. I don't think you can get rid of him just because they don't have enough batsman's depth. Um, yeah, it's not like they're making enough runs to sacrifice an all-rounder for a bowler. No, but... 
another thing about their bowling lineup, they've got no one who can get some serious bounce. Like that, you don't even need like a one fifty bowler, right? Yeah. I don't know if you remember Chris Tremlett, really tall guy, could got a lot of bounce the last time he was here. He wasn't actually that good a bowler, but it's just a variation. Because a lot of them aren't tall enough to get enough bounce off the wicket. Yeah. Um, Broad's a little taller, but he's not. Um, he hasn't got the same. I don't know how you put it. Bounce out of his bowling that he once did. Whereas someone like Chris Tremlett, even Steve Finn, who's injured at the moment, um, can and just probably get, would be playing had he not been injured. Yeah, can get something different out of the wicket. Whereas they're all getting the same thing out of the wicket, yeah. and none of it's particularly deadly unless they're getting assistance from the wicket. Arguably the one they thought actually got the most bounce was Overton out of the wicket um, in Perth. So I'll be curious to see whether or not he's fit to play because he's, of course, broken his ribs. Um, but Just I a think... s- small injury. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think he'll be playing in Melbourne. But I think between... Let's let's say he does play. I don't think you can pick Ali, Wokes and Overton in the next test. And Broad has been gone from an all-rounder to a guy that doesn't look like he's going to last five balls when facing the Australian quicks. So I, I don't think there's that much point having these guys like Wokes and Ali and Overton in and Broad who supposedly are not as good as bowlers but make up for it for the fact that they make runs and just aren't making runs. Yeah. Ali's averaging 20, Wokes is averaging 15, Overton's averaging the most of them and he's only played one test. Yeah, Overton looks like a really good pick for them. But no, there's been talk about they have to drop Broad. They have to drop Broad. Bro- like, you can't drop Broad. They're not and dropping Broad. Broad no. has to stay. Yeah, Broad... I actually is- thought he wasn't that bad in this test. He hasn't been good enough in this series, though. What, no. what I've always remembered of Broad is when it gets tough, he just, like, digs in. Yeah. Because every team needs that one bowler that digs in. You've got Hazelwood for Australia. Yeah. Peter Siddle of old, if you want to. God, I love Peter Siddle. Um, <laughs> Peter Siddle's a legend. Yeah, someone who digs in when it's going tough, but he hasn't really dug in the same. They just look very deflated, this England camp. Definitely. I, that's why I want to see Crane in there. So they, just, they just need something else, somebody to offer something else. Um, on the optimistic perspective for the Australians... The... <laughs> I thought you were going to go for the English, and I'm like, hmm. Well, let's, okay, let's do that then. The optimistic perspective for the English is there was really only one positive note to come out of this test for them. Two. Okay, I'll be curious to see what you see the second one is. But for me, the only real positive was David Milan finally looks like he's ready for cricket. Yeah, I was going to say James Vince as well looked really good in that second innings. Um, he did, before getting the ball of the century. He, he's looked really good in parts this series. He just can't go on. But I think he's a number three for a while for them because they're both quite young. And yeah, you're right. Milan just had a great test. Uh, 140 in the first innings. Didn't look like getting out really until... He did get out, and then 54 in the second innings, uh, off 135 balls as well, so he really dug in. Um, he looked really good. Him and Vince offered the most resistance in that second innings. Yeah, he looks classy, and that's really the best thing I can say about him, is out of an English side that looks so devoid of talent right now, so he looks classy. Yeah. You look at this team, right, and if Cook was playing well, Stoneman looks all right. Um, He's solid he, enough. Yeah, solid enough. He's going to play enough. that Renshaw role, just block it out at the top of the order. Yeah. Um, Vince looks solid enough, one for the future. Root is one of the best batsmen in the world. He's just had a bad series. It happens. Um, if it's going to be anywhere, have it in an Ashes, right? <laughs> um, and then That's the best time. <laughs> then at five, you've got Milan. Like That's a solid top five if Cook was playing well. I'm sure they might yeah. look for a young person to come through the ranks in the next couple of years. But like, it's a solid top five. There is something to go. And if you were to add in an informed Stokes, Johnny Besto's finally finding some form, and then Mo and Ali hit some form, that's a really solid top eight. And, and I think in the last two tests, we're actually going to see them make a bit more runs. I just don't think the bowling is going to carry them across the line. Yeah. What do you think the series is going to go from here then? I think Australians will take the last two. Okay. I think it's going to be 5-0. I said 3-1 at the start, but I just I, the best I see England getting out of one of these last two tests is a draw. I think they're going to win one. Oh, Devil's advocate, as per <laughs> usual. No, it's going to be 4-1. Uh, we're going to be back with some more talk on the Ashes after some Dua Lipa. This is New Rules. One, that was Dua Lipa here with new rules. Two, this is Sin 90.7 FM Cricket by Dummies. And three, my name is Alex Henry. With me as always, Lachlan Ross. No. God, no. <laughs> yeah, I really just did that. That's probably the worst joke we've ever done on there, but I've been thinking about it for a few days now, so I wanted to bust it out. Yeah, we definitely need to get some new rules. We're not doing any of that anymore. That's the lowest we're ever going. <laughs> new jokes as well. New rules, new jokes. We did new everything. New time. Just... <laughs> new time slot. It's a new show guys <laughs> exactly the same and yet completely different oh my god 
right, well, let's talk you ashes. Go now? I've just lost complete train of thought. I cannot believe you right, that. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to talk ash as well. You refocus. <laughs> Get your head back in the game. Or let's go High School Musical now. We're, just, we're completely going off topic. Um, the ashes happened. It's over. 3-0. Bang. Perth Test. Let's talk about that. Um, for me, the most interesting part to actually come out of the last few days was cracks, cracks, cracks everywhere. Um, I, I want to really make a drugs joke, but we're not allowed to talk about drugs on the show. So <laughs> I'm going to avoid, stay clear of that and just say, man, how wide were those cracks? <laughs> no, it was ridiculous, the pitch. It, um, I'm not sure if I'm a fan of a pitch cracking up that much because there was no skill in really what the bowlers were doing. Um, in the last couple of innings, literally all Mitch Stark was Mitch Stark was doing was okay, crack there, <laughs> ball is going to go there as well. Yeah. Hopefully something comes out of it. And people are labeling the ball that got out Vince um, the ball of the century. And don't get me wrong, it's a wicked delivery, right? Like it's absolutely ridiculous. And it's one hundred percent unplayable. Yeah, no batsman in the world is getting out to that unless they seeing... know it's coming yeah. and they're just going to hold their bat in front of off stump. Yeah, which would be ridiculous because the ball was aiming at his rib cage. Um, but no, I don't think it's the ball of the century as such, just because it was so heavily assisted by the pitch. Um, it, there wasn't as much genius to it as much as, oh, I'll just bowl there. I'll bowl there and see what happens. <laughs> I'll just hit that crack. No, I agree. Um, definitely, probably the most unplayable delivery I think I've ever seen, though. Yeah. Um, just through how much it actually turned when it hit that crack. Um, I definitely do think that. I have thought of a crack joke that doesn't involve drugs. Are you ready? No. <laughs> this pitch had more cracks than me cracking up to one of your bad puns. Ah, oh, okay. Yeah, it's decent. Yeah, but you don't actually like physically crack up. No, I don't. I don't literally crack up. It's not like I'm sunburnt or something. It's no. just. <laughs> it's it's an emotional cracking up. Yes. But, okay. Well, I think I'm we're done with cracks. <laughs> I'm glad you like told everyone, showed how unprofessional we are in uh, show number one in our new time slot. Yeah. <laughs> one. <laughs> one, <laughs> be unprofessional. Two, <laughs> do a cricket show. Um, what did you want to talk about from this game, Lachlan? <laughs> um, the, in- the Australian bowlers clearly had a plan for the middle to lower end bowlers this series. Uh, middle to lower batsmen, sorry, for the... English, um, the lower order, if you want to say. Um, Third time lucky. Yeah. No, and it worked. It worked absolutely brilliantly. Um, There are people from... I saw a video from the ABC the other day just being like, is it actually okay to go out there and intentionally bounce um, lower-end batsmen since they're not as good? But, like, I'm fine with it. They're not actually going out there to hurt them. They're just trying to get the wicket. I don't know. What's your thought on it? Um, I think it's definitely morally okay. Um, I think especially given how effective it is. There are rules set in place in the game. Oh, so it's okay if it's effective, right? It's okay. <laughs> well, to- no, no, but it's 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 an okay tactic because it is effective. If it wasn't effective, then you'd argue you're doing it for the wrong reasons, but they're doing it because they want to win. They're not doing it because they're trying to hurt someone, right? Um, and I think the best example for this is actually Stuart Broad, right? So if we look at Stuart Broad's test career batting average is 21, right? Which is pretty decent for a bowler. So far this series, he has made... 22, 3, 8, 12, and 0, right? So not once has he managed to hit his average. Do you know why that is? Because the Australians know that Stuart Broad is scared of a short ball. On these kind of pitches, he's, and I don't blame him. I'd be terrified as well if I had Mitchell Stark coming in and bowling 140 kilometers an hour at my head. Or in this test, it was mostly Pat Cummins, who bowled an entire spell of bounces, basically. Um, I, I don't blame him, and it gets him out. And this entire England lower order has just collapsed at the basically barrage of bouncer after bouncer I don't blame him I think it's a good tactic it's been effective and if I were them I would keep going with it into Melbourne and Sydney yeah well it's interesting as well because um the lower order wagging is one of the most uplifting things you can have from an innings like sure someone getting a century or Steve Smith getting a double is very very um uplifting I'll use the word again yeah but like, if the tail wags, if you if you're like six for three fifty, like England was, no, sorry, they were four for three fifty, as they were in the first innings. Um, and your tail wags, your last six wickets get a hundred and twenty to one hundred and fifty. That's just you go into the dressing room and everyone's excited. Yeah. They've, or even more ridiculously, if you go in, if you're like four for two hundred and your tail wags to three hundred and fifty, man, the the attitudes in the dressing room are so much better. Everyone is much more excited to go out and bowl, whereas if you 
go four for three fifty and then you're all out four hundred and ten. It's not quite the same. I think the bowls are full of confidence as well. I think one of the people that used to be the strongest close to that was Mitchell Johnson. Uh, whenever he batted well, he used to bowl really well. Uh, if he went out there and made runs with the bat, you always see him just attack the wicket with so much more ferocity when he was bowling. Um, so I, I definitely agree. I think confidence is very important. Um, speaking of someone that does not have much confidence with the ball but seems to have it with the bat, Mitchell Marsh. We mentioned him before in passing, 181 he made in that first innings. But his bowling is just useless. Honestly, it's just useless. It is not offering anything to the lineup. Is he a good enough batsman to keep his place nope. as an out-and-out? <laughs> Can I finish the sentence first, please? Go. <laughs> is he an out-and-out nope. batsman? I knew you were going to do that. Go on. Can you just answer my no, question? No, no, no. You finish your question. No, I'm not doing it again. You I'm can not, actually I'm turn not my doing mic it again. off. I'm not doing it again. Go on. You say the question. Oh, well, he's not a good enough batsman to be an out-and-out batsman. He's, if his bowling's not offering anything, I do not think he's in the top six batsmen within Australia. So are you campaigning for them to drop Mitchell Marsh after making 180? In- no. I didn't <laughs> let you finish your question again, but that time wasn't deliberate. No, you can't drop someone after they make 181. However, if he gets into bad form, I'm worried that the selectors will look at him and be like, well, he's an all-rounder um, and he's scoring a little more than Maxwell or Cartwright. But if Maxwell and Cartwright are only scoring a little bit less than him and they offer the fifth bowling option then, of course, you have to pick them. Um, I don't think Mitch Marsh has it to be um, a batsman out and out. He he was at his home ground on a very good wicket against a very paltry bowling lineup. I, I don't think he's going to last in the team. Interesting. Um, also, the forgotten man, Pete Hanscombe, left out of that list, is if you're going to go someone that's not really going to bowl, you may as well go with Hanscombe. Uh, what else would you like to talk about from this game as we look to wrap this up? Well, I'd just like to... Uh, well, actually, I'm just going to start again. <laughs> Across the year and all the podcasts we've done for AFL, I've constantly delivered a list every yep. week. But I don't think I've delivered a list this season yet. And it's been a pretty disappointing season if I haven't done a list. No, so I, I love your lists. So it's time for one of my um, infamous lists. So, Alex, today I've got a list of things that have less structural integrity than England's lower to middle order. Oh, no. <laughs> If the Twin Towers isn't on here, I'm going to be real disappointed. The, the Twin Towers are not on here. <laughs> Alex, okay. I, I do have some sort of... <laughs> I, uh, this is just going to get real rough, this one. <laughs> if you got sensitive ears, tune out now, people. No, no, I don't, I don't have that on the list. Okay, yeah. Of course it occurred to me, but I have some sort of dignity about myself. I really don't. <laughs> this is why I do the list yeah. and you do the listening. Yeah. No. So, things that have less structural integrity than England's lower to middle order. Uh, phone screens. Oh, very true. They have absolutely zero structure. I once crushed a phone screen in a reclining chair. (laughs) (laughs) True story. (laughs) Is this at like the cinemas? Yeah, one of the cinemas slipped out of my pocket and into the the space where the chair reclines. And then when I put my chair back, it crushed the screen. You would have thought the phone should be stronger than the chair. It wasn't. It, no, it clearly wasn't. So in the, the new updated version of Paper Scissors Rock, chair beats phone. <laughs> it's like Lizard Spock. Yeah. But it's now chair phone. Because yeah. that rhymes totally. <laughs> um, verandas in Melbourne at the moment. Oh, you said this wasn't going to get heated. <laughs> yeah, as soon as I said that, I looked at the second one. Like, oh, no. No. Oh, no. If you've got a serious veranda in message. Melbourne, people, stay safe. <laughs> yeah, serious message. Please do check out your veranda. I don't want that happening again. Yeah. What I, else you got? I'm not going to lie. I had three and I needed a fourth. And I was like, I'm willing to. Um, so the third one, uh, my body. Oh, yeah. That's yeah. That's not very good. <laughs> there is zero structural Solid integrity. Solid three and a half out of ten. Yeah. Zero structural integrity. <laughs> what is it? Four dislocated knees now. Yeah. yeah, impressive stats. And the last one is the ice caps, because oh, they have. Wow. So we've gone from like recent events of people dying to global warming. Yep. Yeah. This is an optimistic show. This one, isn't it? <laughs> yes. I was tempted to go capitalism. That normally appears on my lists in one way or another, but I didn't do it today. <laughs> Cricket by Dummies, the only show on the radio that doesn't get political. <laughs> Uh, We're going to be back with some of our previews for the Big Bash League, which started last night and is going on for another month and a half Seven weeks. Yeah, it's a long time still to go. Uh, First, this is a classic. This is uh, Ben Lee with Cigarettes Will Kill You. That was Ben Lee, Cigarettes Will Kill You. You're here on Sin 90.7, listening to Cricket by Dummies with myself, Chuck, and Alex. And Alex, you've seen something funny that's popped up just in the... 
last music break. Um, while we've been in the song, the Batuta Advocate has posted a new story. We love the Batuta Advocate here. Um, their satirical representation of Australian life is very, very unlike our own. Yes. <laughs> um, and their new story basically sums up my entire cricketing career. Both of ours. <laughs> <laughs> and it is simply titled, Tail Ender Plays Another Majestic Straight Drive Through Third and Fourth Slip. <laughs> that is that me is where I scored the majority of my runs. Not necessarily third and fourth slip, but just any slip. Oh, any of the slips. Any of the slips. If it's in the slips, that's where I'm making my runs. Yeah, that's actually where you're aiming. <laughs> I figure if I aim for the slips, maybe I might hit one through mid on. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's how it works. Solid logic. Um, let's talk BBL. Game one last night. Um, we thought we'd spice up to a different way of previewing it. We could have just gone through all the, the people you know who were going to be really good and everything. But instead, we decided that we'd split off the letters of the alphabet and each have to pick a player for each letter of the alphabet to form a team. So we have... 11-man teams, because which of the letters didn't have anyone? U. U, Z. No, Z does. U, Y, y and X. Yeah. U, have. Y, and X don't have anyone. Um, and I got Z. You can guess who made the team. <laughs> Adam Zampa. <laughs> Adam Zampa. He's made the show two weeks in a row. He has. Well done to him. <laughs> um, so we're going to go through our teams, and let's talk about the letters first that you've got, and then we'll do the teams. Yeah, so... We didn't even, like, draft off every letter. Alex just said A or B. And then, so I picked A and I got every second letter from there. And then Alex gets every second letter from B. I made a tragic decision. <laughs> Definitely should have gone B. Yeah, mine's better. So who'd you pick with A? Who did I pick with A? Uh, this one was actually one of the easier ones. Uh, Sean Abbott. Sean Abbott, very good player. That's a nice choice. Where that, was about all the, that was about all the depth there was at <laughs> A, though. Uh, I had Sean Abbott at eight. Batting at eight, and I'm assuming probably first or second change. Yes. Or maybe even opening. Maybe. He's a good player. Actually, um, no. Given my bowling lineup, he's definitely opening. <laughs> Not a strong bowling attack you've got? Look. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so keeping it simple. Uh, my first pick was pick B, and I went with George Bailey. Yep. Um, very solid player. He's batting at five. Captains the Hurricanes. Just just a very solid pick. There's not much I need to say about him. Yep. Who have you got for C? So I actually didn't have a lot of wicket keepers. Um, what I found was a lot of the wicket keepers ended up on your letters. <laughs> Just like all the talented players, they all ended up on your letters. So I had to pick Alex Carey, um, South Australian keeper, up and coming, definitely not a T20 player. However, choices were limited. So I picked Alex Carey, and he's going to bat at seven for me. Okay, so traditional wicket keeper Spock. Uh, speaking of wicket keepers, I picked a wicket keeper for D as well, although for me, he'll be opening the batting. That's Ben Dunk. Um, New acquisition for the Stars. He's been one of the premier cricketers in the Big Bash over the last five or six years. Every season at least performs well. Yep. <laughs> I don't think he's had a bad year yet. Um, he had, an, in particular, a fantastic year last year that saw him get that big money move to the Stars. Um, I'm very confident with him behind the stumps. No, good player, good pick. Uh, so with E... <laughs> oh, no. So I was looking through the E's, right? <laughs> Do you want to know what there was for E's? How many players in the Big Bash names begin with E? Surnames? Yep. Two. <laughs> Who are they? So they're actually brothers. <laughs> so it is Jack Edwards and Mickey Edwards. Now, and one of them's played for the Sixers. Which one is it? They're both on the Sixers. Yeah, but one of them's actually played. Uh, of neither of them have actually played. I swear one of them played last year. No, I went through it. So Mickey Edwards has four list A games. That's all his qualifications. Okay. And Jack Edwards has played zero list A games. <laughs> He's actually played for the Australian under nineteen side. But do you know when I re <laughs> do you know what I realized when I was drafting uh, these guys? What we should have done our draft a week earlier, right? Yeah. And set up an interview with the both of them and had an on air debate about who I should pick. <laughs> It would be fantastic to interview both of them at the same time. Yeah, and just have them argue against each other which one's actually the better player. Yeah, which one's going to be more useful in and your And they're side. both like in their like bedroom in their mum's house. Their you can actually house. hear the other one in the echo of the other yeah. one's phone. No, just to hear two brothers going at it about who's the better player would be heaps of fun. And I'd just pick whoever debated better. <laughs> and so, it's definitely not a relatable thing is arguing over which brother's the better cricketer. No. No, never done that in my no, life. I've no, I've never done that either. No. Um, so <laughs> I'm not even sure what Edwards does, actually. <laughs> All I, I think know Mickey's a bowler yeah. from, from my knowledge. Yeah, so I picked Mickey just because he's got four list eight games, <laughs> which... 
I don't know, isn't entirely impressive for a BBL side. And he's at number 11. Well, we're going to go from one of the lowest players on the rating scale here to probably one of the best. Uh, Aaron was a Finch. nice, easy choice for me. Aaron Finch, absolute jet, opening the batting. Might even captain the side. Fantastic player. Enough said. Okay. <laughs> this Let's... is a bit of a standard difference in our players so far. <laughs> no, well, I'm going to change this all now, right? Okay. I, my next player was actually the top wicket taker in the Big Bash one season. Really? He goes by the name of Cameron Gannon. <laughs> <laughs> you picked Cameron Gannon? I had absolutely nothing to go for with G. Oh, so no. So I picked a subpar fast opening bowler. He just bowls 130 meds, Cameron Gannon. <laughs> He's okay at the depth, uh, death, I should say. Um, bit of change-ups. But got completely uh, lucky. You're in so much trouble. <laughs> and I've got him at number 10. You are in so much trouble. <laughs> Do you know what would be great? If some of the listeners to this have like a little bit of knowledge about cricket. So they've heard of like Finch, Cameron Gannon. Yeah, yeah. But they have no idea who Gannon is. They <laughs> so have I'm no just idea. listing off these for famous the record, people. <laughs> I've never heard of Edwards before. I have like, heard of Edwards. For someone who follows cricket quite, yeah. quite strongly, I've never heard of Edwards before. See, I have actually heard of him. But he's not exactly elite. He's not exactly noteworthy. <laughs> um, I'm just going to pull, pick out three. So I've had three players that have played for Australia so far. I'm going to pick out another player that's played for Australia. Travis Head is my letter H. Uh, bats at four or five for Australia on the ODI side. One of the best short form players in the world. Absolute jet. I like my team. How's your going? <laughs> Look, my team could be going a little better. Just a little better. Oh, really? Um, I don't actually think I ended up picking an I because I had 12 letters. Because okay. there was only three letters. Um, and the only... No, I did. Sorry, I did pick an eye. I was going to say. Yeah. So, Colin Ingram. The South uh, African international. South African international can um, can bowl a little bit, mainly a batsman. Power hitter. Yeah, actually really solid player. I did actually have him at seven before, but I've moved Kerry there, and I'm going to move Ingram to six. Okay. I actually might have him higher than that. He's a very good player. Yeah. I reckon you're underrating him a little bit. Um, Jay, I was a little worried about actually going into it. And then I remembered Mitchell Johnson was a thing. <laughs> I'm like, all right, that's all good. So Mitchell Johnson will bat eight for me and open the bowling, and he's a jet. Yeah. Actually, my letters are getting better at the moment. So Ingram, solid player. Yeah. We Kay. got. You will know if my players are good or not if Alex and I discuss it for more than a minute. <laughs> uh, Kay Klinger. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Michael so Klinger. he's going to open the batting for me. He's at number two. He's a very good player. That might just sure up your lineup just a little bit more. Well, we'll go from Michael Klinger, one of the best batsmen I think we've seen in the BBL over the last few years, to probably the best batsman we've seen in the BBL over the last few years. Chris Lynn's an absolute gun. Um, kids a ball probably further than anyone I've ever seen. Put one out of the Gabba. Yeah, has done that in the past. Um, he'll bat at three for me, I think, will probably be best, but um, he could bat anywhere. I could bat him anywhere from two to five and he'll just make runs. And to go from one of the best Australian <laughs> T20 players of all time to arguably the best T20 batsman of all time, I've got Brendan McCullum <laughs> yeah. at, as M. That was as obvious as it got. Um, he's. Does that mean Clem Maxwell misses out in your lineup? Yep. Ouch. I didn't want to miss <laughs> out Clem Maxwell, but I have to pre- pick um, Brendan McCullum. So will he open with Clem? Yes, he's going to be opening. He's a very good player, Clinton McCollum. Um, my end's actually... I didn't have a lot of options here. I'm really disappointed because if Sunil Noreen had been here, he would have been a fantastic pick. Um, but he's not around, so I didn't have many choices. I could have gone with Peter Neville, but instead I went with Mohamed Nabi, the uh, Melbourne Renegades import from Afghanistan. Uh, he's a bowling all-rounder. I've got him batting at seven and bowling. Um, my batting depth isn't great. My top six is crazy, and then it gets a bit worse. Um, look, I just need him to come in, bowl some up breaks, take a few wickets, and if he can slog some runs at the end, I'll take that. I'm really looking forward to what he does this tournament, though. He's the two a bit Afghanis, of a mi- I'll be really interested. Yeah, in. they're a bit of a mystery just because we haven't seen as much of them. Um, obviously, you and I have heard of them, but not many people outside of diehard cricket fans will have heard of them. And I'm really looking forward to seeing how they go. Uh, my O... <sighs> Oh, no. Yeah. Oh, dear. Yeah. Oh, my God. So, there was one O. Oh, yeah, there's... What's his name? <laughs> Liam O'Connor. Oh, yeah, that's him. <laughs> the leg spinner for Adelaide... Stri- Adelaide Strikers. Adelaide yeah. Strikers. He's uh, played a few games. Solidly bad leg spinner. <laughs> Not going to offer me much. Um, he's at nine. Your team is a joke. <laughs> you really did not get the good letters here, did you? Um... I don't think I haven't picked a player that hasn't played international cricket yet, and that's just going to keep going now. Kevin Peterson is batting at four for me. Uh, you know, one of the best English players of all time. That's just all I'll say, you know. 
I've got Q now, and Q was actually okay. Q's decent. Yeah. Q's one of your better ones. Rob Quiney. Yeah. Um, we've interviewed him. Yes. I should get extra points because we've interviewed yeah. him. Yeah. Uh, for all the so listeners out there, give Ro- Chuck, mark, mark him down as extra points for that one. Rob Quiney, I put him at four. I didn't know what to do with him to open. I was tempted to actually put Klinger at four and open with Quiney. That would have been interesting, but Klinger... Quiney, Quiney can bat anywhere. Yeah. Quiney's... Uh, he can make really good night uh, ducks everywhere. Sorry. <laughs> one of the best ducks of all time. <laughs> Um, I you may notice now that I'm actually a few short on bowlers. I got a very strong batting lineup, few short on bowlers. So I only got bowlers left. Uh, R for me is Kane Richardson. Just moved to the Renegades. Uh, has played international cricket for Australia. Very solid swing bowler. <laughs> has anyone in your team not played international cricket? No. Okay. My entire team is international cricketers. Wow. Um, the, the only one that hasn't uh, really is Dunk, and he's played a few games. I don't think Kling has played international cricket. He has. He's played a T20. Okay. He played a T20 for Australia. Okay. Well, about 70% of my team has played international <laughs> cricket. So that's not so bad. Uh, what are we up to? S. This wasn't actually so so bad. Pick local boy uh, Marcus Stoinis. Oh, yeah? Just for a bit of all-rounder option. I've got him at number six or five. five. No, five. Sorry. I've got him at number five. Uh, I'm very happy to have him in my side. Decent. No, he's a good player. Um, my number 11 and my first change bowler, AJ Ty, just a really good player. Um, solid option first up, comes in, bowls, change-ups, variety deliveries, takes wickets, is very hard to bat off. Good choice, very happy with him. Yep, and then W, I've got Shane Watson. More than happy to have him. <laughs> he had a pretty good night last night. No, easy choice. He's probably the best player on your team, I'd argue. Maybe McCollum. McCollum. He's up there because Watson can bowl as well. Um, Zed for me, finally, Adam Zampa. Um, you know, this was, a, this was a tough one. I had to choose between Adam Zampa and all the other people named Zed. Um, so Zampa will bat, I believe it's nine for me, and his leg spins very handy. He's a good player. Yeah. Look, let's not go into my team too much. <laughs> I'd like to not repeat that. Just the fact that I've got names of O'Connor, Gannon, and Edwards on my list and Carey is just enough. Can we just run through my top six? Because the bowling lineup's you decent. Would, yeah, my top six is Dunk, Finch, Lynn, Peterson, Bailey, Head. Oh, do you know how many runs that would make? That's crazy. Yep. My, I reckon my team could compete as a BBL team, whereas your team would be... My team would thrash the BBL. ...an out-and-out out superstar. Yep. Um, we'll go to a music break now, and then we'll come back and just talk a bit more about the BBL, just like give you guys a bit of a heads up for what it will be. Uh, this is George Ezra, Blame It On Me. That was George Ezra, Blame It On Me. You're here on Sin 90.7 with Cricket by Dummies with myself, Chuck, and Alex. And we're just going to quickly go through and finish our BBL preview. So the Big Bash started last night. I love the Big Bash. I don't. I know you're not as big a T20 fan as I am, but like there's 43 matches across 47 days, which means there's just about a match every night. Most of the missed days are like towards finals, so teams have enough break in between games. But and some of the internationals as well. Yeah, it's it's great tournament. Um, I find you don't even have to be a big cricket fan. I know my mum, for instance, never been a big cricket fan. Has always been like surrounded by cricket in my family. Unfortunately, uh, having three sons does that to you. But like she's even keen on the Big Bash now. Um, it's just a much more exciting form of cricket. Even. The best way I put it that it's exciting is just the commentators even. You can tell it's not like your Channel 9 commentators who are paid to sit there and talk to you about the cricket, right? Yeah. These ones are paid there, paid to make it interesting for you. And they're a lot younger, a lot more exciting. And they just make the moments um, much better, I think. Uh, Ricky Ponting, Adam Gilchrist. Uh, my favourite has to be Damien Fleming. <laughs> We're actually going to keep a running total of his um, best lines. <laughs> uh, I know in the past he said... Berendorf's Boulevard of Bewilderment, <laughs> which is just... And, of course, the Corridor of Uncertainty. Oh, that one's a said. <laughs> I didn't mean to say certainty. That one's a given. Um, but I really like the Big Bash. I think it's an amazing competition. I think it can appeal to people that aren't even that interested in cricket. There's a game every night, so it's always um, there. And there are 7.30 games, so it's quite easy to watch them whilst you're eating dinner or relaxing. Um, they're good fun normally. I don't know. I find it entertaining. I don't expect everyone to, but like, even if you're not the biggest cricket fan, I would give it a go. I don't know. What do you think about it? Um, I think I fall in a similar vein to you. Uh, I think it's good passive fun uh, in the sense that 
there's not a lot of sport on around this time of year for the next month or so before really the Australian Open starts. There's the tests when they're on most of the time. That's in the middle of the day. Um, so it gets around to like 6, 7 o'clock. And if you're a sports fan, there's really not that much on. So I find that my family and me included, a lot of what we'll do is not necessarily going, wow, I want to tune into every single one of the Big Bash matches. But if I'm home, i got nothing to do. Just switch it on. Enjoy the game. It's nothing too serious. I think it's a good point about the commentators is they don't take it too seriously. I think the Channel 9 commentators can get wrapped up in their own heads sometimes and their own egos. This is not as much about that. It's all just a bit of a joke. Like, we recognize that the whole competition's a bit of a laugh. It's not really that serious. It's not taken that seriously. And I kind of like that. It's just passive fun. Yeah. I think the, like, the watermelon boy last year, the fact that that actually became a thing, like, I don't know if you guys saw it, but there was a kid just at a couple of Melbourne Stars games who was just eating a watermelon hole. Like, he didn't even cut into it to go through, like, the skin. He ate the skin and just, like, ate That's through, gross. like, a half a big watermelon by himself whilst he was sitting there watching it. Personally, I find that gross. Yeah, but it's a great it's great story, and it shows how it doesn't really take itself too seriously. It's just there for a bit of a laugh. And to get people who wouldn't otherwise be cricket fans interested in cricket, there's, like, at the game, there's all the flames every time a fours, um, four or six goes or a wicket. It's It's just entertainment it's all it's about just entertaining people yeah i really enjoy it but a thing that takes it to the next level is doing a fantasy league on it (laughs) i love the fantasy (laughs) yeah it just it honestly makes you question everything because like you want the stars to win but my god you want want the stars to win no well you want the renegades to win i want the stars to win but then i also think you're the only one that wants the stars to win shush can i finish my sentence this time did you want to interrupt no go on (laughs) um but then you kind of want your fantasy players to do well. Anyway, so we, Alex and I, have started a uh, fantasy league. It doesn't, don't worry, it doesn't actually start. Um, competition doesn't start till the second round, which is the 23rd. So that would be, 23rd would be Saturday night. Saturday, yeah. Yep. Um, Saturday night's when the competition starts in it. So we've made a league. Um, we posted about it on the page yesterday. So the league code is 165163. The link... But it'd just be easier if you went to the Facebook post. The link to the site that we're doing the fantasy on is there, and then the code's there, and you literally just make your team, make your account. Join, it's really easy. Join the league, have a bit of fun. Um, it's not the best fantasy ever because sometimes... It's still new. They're still working out how to actually score the whole system. Yeah, but it's it's, it's a bit fun. of fun, and who doesn't really want a chance to beat <laughs> us too? I honestly want us to come ninth and 10th in the league. Yeah, that would be... That would and be very impressive by us. Prove that we truly are dummies. Yeah. Um, while you're on the Facebook page, go in and check out uh, this week's episode. Will be up in the next few days, and all of our other previous episodes, including as you mentioned, we interviewed Rob Quiney. We've interviewed other famous people. So go check all of that out. Yep. So uh, thanks to everyone for listening. I hope you enjoyed the new time. Um, if you're driving home now, I hope we didn't bore you <laughs> We've so just much. Ruined your Thursday afternoon. <laughs> yeah. No, Wednesday, Wednesday afternoon. Well, now you've ruined their Wednesday <laughs> afternoon. Um, Yeah, thanks for listening, everyone. Hope you had a good time. Um, From Cricket by Dummies, Chuck. My name's Alex Henry. And have a nice afternoon.